welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tomfoolery, starring Jerry Springer with Gene Galvin and me, I am Maria Corelli. We are recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience here in Folk School Coffee Parlor of Ludlow, Kentucky. Ladies and gentlemen, all rise, the Honorable Judge Jerry Springer. Please be seated. Of course, that's a reference to Jerry's in now in production and will come out in mid-September, uh, the Judge Jerry show. Show in a, the, the uh, what do they call that? The coverage around the country is amazing. It's almost 100% of the country. Yeah, it is. If you're in Bozeman, Montana, you'll see it. If you're in... We're in every city in everywhere. America. It's a little over 99%. The only people that don't have it are people that can't get any cable. But every market... There are 206 markets in America, and we're in every market now. That's amazing. Which it's very that's wonderful. Well, my, to put it in perspective, my, the show I had for 27 years yeah. was never in, you know, we were in maybe 85% of the country. It's really impressive. 90. It's really impressive. So, I'm looking forward yeah, to Yeah, but that means the, the failure will be enormous. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You know, yes. it's, be careful what you wish for, because... Yeah, it, it's this, so, but so far, hopefully. <clears throat> Very cool. I thought, I was thinking the other day, uh, so I, I want to ask you this question, serious question. In your home, in the last five years, 10 years, one year, 30 years, uh, how often do you, like the rest of us, myself, and I bet every person in this audience, if there is, there's inevitably going to be something in your household that breaks, small thing, simple thing, and you'll go to a local hardware store, or it could be a big box store like Home Depot or something, and buy something and go home and make that repair of that thing, whatever it may be. You do that, do you not? <laughs> what are you, what, uh, what are you talking a hard about? <laughs> so what's a, a hardware? Hard what's hardware? Hardware. <laughs> To get a gasket, to get a bolt. Oh, oh. Well, there is a... It's like a, a hanging rope next to the bed. Yes. And it's some, if I need something fixed, I, or like I want breakfast, I pull the rope. Up, there's a bell, and the buckler goes out and gets <laughs> yes, what yeah, yeah. is needed to... Uh, Unfreaking. Yeah, my my people, your uh, people, my people fix light bulbs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all want people. Your yeah. people go to the hardware. Store. Yeah, my people. Uh, Unbelievable. Yeah. The other day, and I want to give a my shout out. My people afford forming a union, and that's yeah, just got, got me concerned. Alone. Yeah. <laughs> I went to uh, give a shout out to the Ace Hardware Store in a neighborhood yes. in Cincinnati called Clifton. And this probably could have been done at the one in Newport, Kentucky, et cetera. But I kind of have had some experiences over there where now th this is interesting how this works. So, Jerry, pay attention to this. I needed to fix something. It actually was on my bi on a bicycle and you just bought a bike. Yes. So you two may wheels. have to face this to a two wheel bicycle. And I needed a part. And I went over to the hardware store, and it wasn't a bike part. I needed something that I won't go into. That's too boring. But I needed this piece of plastic with a hole in it, and I needed it, it's called an extender or something. A guy at the door 
said, what do you need? And I told him, and I said, I need to design something. He said, come with me. He went back, got into a box of some stuff, some hardware stuff, went in the back room and tooled it, tooled it, cut it, shaved off a, a bolt. It took him probably 20 minutes. He had to go back again to rework it. And when it was done, I said, what do I owe you? And he said, 50 cents yeah. for the hardware, 50 cents. I said, are you kidding me, 50 cents? And he said, no, nah, it's all it is. Just tell the cashier hardware, 15 cents. And I went up and I told her and I paid and I left. That is, um, and this is not a joke, that is a credit to small town, small neighborhood. Like I said, yep. there's a neighborhood called Clifton by the University of Cincinnati in Cincinnati. That is a, is a credit to them that they function like that. Now, one assumes their business plan, our friend Lewis is in the audience and at dinner, we'll talk to him about this. I bet they think when you need a lawnmower, you're going to remember after repeated experiences yeah. like that, like I might cost me 20 bucks more than a big box, but I'm going to go over there and buy it. Yeah. I swear for the next yeah, time I need service, something larger. Right. It's that, that, it's that is work amazing. Ethic. Plus you just gave him a $250 commercial. Well, like good. <laughs> yeah. Good. They deserve it. So but you, you got your 50 cents. But, but, but no, let's get back I, to the I'm real point. Fun, but you're right. You really haven't, I bet, in a lifetime fixed anything in your household. No. This, Is that true or not? That's exactly true. <laughs> that's exactly. <laughs> he, he says boastfully. It. But it, it, my dad was the same way. Really? And, yeah. And my mom used to say, you know, in the German she spoke, that if either of us would touch anything, yes. you know, back then we were in the day of you bang the side of the TV set and mm -hmm. stuff like that. My mother would go crazy. And, and then, of course, it would break even more. And she would say her... Her saying was many times, "Einmal angefassen, alles is kaputt." As a tra which translated once means, you touch it, everything breaks. Everything breaks. Einmal, one time, angefass, you fuss with it. Yes. Alles, everything is kaputt, is broken. Einmal angefassen, alles is kaputt. So now Mickey even says, says as I go German. near something, yeah. it's almost they sense it. I haven't even touched it yet. Yes. And she says, no, 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 I'll call. I'll call. I'll yeah. call our yeah. people. I'll call yeah. our people. Well, the truth is, Mickey knows how to fix most things. But, Actually, yeah. Mickey was raised on a farm. Yeah, and, and, and she probably really, can she's had anything fix that breaks 10 the times house. better anything I can. Oh, yeah. She, yeah. yeah she, right. 50 cents, she'll charge you. And 50 cents. I couldn't believe it. 50 cents. By the way, Inherit yeah. the Wind, Spencer Tracy. Remember oh, that great yeah. movie? Yeah, what a great Watched movie. Watched that the other night on Turner. Classic movie. Classic movie. I always watch it. And by God, it's so relevant today because it's like all about anti-science. Yeah. And, you know, I just wanted to sneak yeah. that in there. It's just really, uh, it's such a well-done movie. And it, it was about the Scopes monkey trial, but yeah. uh, dealt with all that. I, I, I thought, do you remember, uh, you ran for office, and again, this is our respective stores. You ran for office many times and yes. won, 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 won. You lost maybe a race or two. But overwhelmingly, you won your races. I took out a whack at it in 1984, maybe. Claremont County Commissioner right. running in a county that was very difficult to win. Democrats just don't win. They're still not. I took a good whack at yep. it. And uh, I lost. They had a respectable showing, but yeah, I lost. No, you, you were an anchor man on the news, and you gave some coverage of it. I, You know, you weren't giving anything away. I had done some stuff that probably earned at least some attention, didn't win the race. 
But I remember I, one Sunday I said to my wife, uh, I want to go out. I can't just sit here. It was 3 o'clock in the afternoon on a Sunday, two weeks out from the election. i got to be out there. So I got in the car. And Claremont County is pretty rural mostly, and I was driving in a very rural area. I had a trunk full of yard signs, my yard signs. I had a union list and some Democrat lists. Yeah. I stopped at household. And I came upon a household that already had a very rural home, a farm that it had in front of this little white uh, wooden house. My yard sign, my yard sign had my picture and a slogan. Yeah, my that's face. What, that's what hurt you. That, that killed me. Well, they fixed that because my face was totally gone. And you could see all the buckshot. So somebody <laughs> just, all the buckshot. That's so a, it's a tough face, county. It's a no, tough, it's county. tough county. Tough man. county. <laughs> They my shoot face yards was gone and just ragged blowing oh, in the wind, the ragged edges of this oh, plastic. Remember oh, those plastic see, signs? You yes. slide the bag, yeah. slide them over yeah. a sort of a yeah. thing. So I stopped and I thought, well, you know, somebody's pissed off. A neighbor shot it out. So I'll just go replace it. So I get a sign out of the trunk and I'm out there and the guy comes out the front door and he's walking down towards me. He's the homeowner and this big burly guy and, I said, hey, how you doing? I'm Gene Galvin. Hey, how you doing? Gene, good to meet you. And I said, yeah. I see somebody shot my son. Oh, yeah, I shot that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I shot that. You mind if I put a new one up? Yeah. I, I need some more practice. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he says, he said, I just got a new uh, Remington 870 Express, yeah. a 12 gauge. Yeah. And he says, yeah, I just, that thing was perfect. <laughs> Boom! Boom. Yeah. So I left him a couple. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> but wouldn't you agree as a, wouldn't you agree as a fellow politico, yeah. that's kind of humbling. Yeah, yeah. You know, Which when is why I never put a picture out. of myself on <laughs> yeah, the Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, we've told this story before, but in the Springer campaigns, and I used to volunteer oh, in those a lot, and Mike Ford, God rest his soul, close, close friend of Jerry's yeah. and mine, and he was Jerry's political guru, and he was a mastermind. Came out of Xavier yeah. University, and he was just a, one of these young Turks, and he was just a mastermind. And Jerry would come into the headquarters when he was running for city council, and he would just bitch about, I live over on the west side of town. When I go up Montana, whatever, Glenway Avenue, I don't see any of my yard signs up there. Well, Mike would say to people like me, we don't use yard signs. They don't do anything. It's just a waste of money, and it's a waste of volunteer time. And I'd say, but Jerry's really bitching hard about this. Ah, oh, we'll take care of that. So he gets some volunteers, and they put some signs up Glenway Avenue, and it's the only place in Cincinnati there were any Springer Yard signs. Only place. So my way to work every day, I'd see these signs. I figured, oh, man, this is wonderful. But it was the only place there were signs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. tricked me. I know. You I also, on the governor's race, we had slick pamphlets yeah really top quality slick very expensive like good magazines beautiful 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 color. full color and what did you do with them well i, I it was raining didn't... one day i just didn't have time it, it was you know football that's college football season uh elections and if you take the box of those and just tip it they all just slide into a sewer so i just go over to the sewer and just tip it <laughs> and they'd all go in the sewer and i go well that's done with that uh, neighborhood so I lost. Well, is there did. nothing in your conscience which? No. Dang. Yeah, maybe that. Maybe that is on me. Hey, we've got the we've got the carriers tonight. We had them on last week. We like the carriers. 
We asked them to come back and do another episode, and they uh, are, and they'll be on in a minute. Uh, and uh, I, I wanted to uh, ask you, uh, I, I need to say one more thing about sure. Mike Ford. This yeah. contradicts a bit about he didn't believe in yard signs. Yard signs would piss him off. Because he was Jerry's campaign director every time, right? Right. Every Absolutely. time. Absolutely. Never was an exception. He's great. One day he said to me, uh, I says, Mike, I'll do anything to help in this campaign. I mean, there's no task too low, make calls, whatever you need. And he says, hey, you want to jump in with the yard sign people? And I said, sure. And my head is saying, man, he usually tells me that he doesn't think much of yard signs. But I said, yeah, I'll do that. All right. He says, we're going to meet down here tomorrow night <laughs> at 11. At 11 at night? Yeah. He says, do you have any, like, dark clothing and stuff? And I said, yeah, I got stuff. And he says, all right, meet down here at 11. This is a felony. And I said, what are you going to do? You're going to give me, like, a list? Six-year statute of limitations. Yes. You're going to give me, like, a list, and I'll go around, because I've done this many times. You go to a household, knock on the door, put up a sign, get permission, verify. And he said, we're not doing that. I said, well, what the hell is the yard sign crew? He says, dude, we're taking down signs, throwing them in dumpsters. Yeah. That's why you got to wear black. <laughs> <laughs> the integrity of the yeah. Springer operation. I think that's a race I didn't win either. No, <laughs> I, no, you did. You won that one, actually. That one I won. We, we took them down. Took them down, throw them away. I wanted to ask you a question. Um, Brett Kavanaugh recently uh, uh Appointed to Supreme, appointed Court. Supreme yeah. Court justice, uh, came through a lot of controversy to get that, conservative. And now uh, he seems to have be. I want to ask you this. Do you think he's having any influence on things now that he's been in there with it for a few months? And if so, what? There's one seeming uh, measurable influence that he's having on the court, even though I don't know that he's been involved in any decision about it yet. But I think it's more than coincidence that within the last, since he's been appointed, there are over 400 separate bills around the United States and state legislatures and local counties and city councils to somehow restrict abortion. Uh, everyone in that movement is seeking to find some case that hopefully will get all the way up to the Supreme Court and their goal, of course, is to overturn Roe versus Wade. And because all of a sudden, there's this incredible jump. And for the first time in, you know, 45 years, it, there looks like a, there can be a serious discussion that, oh my gosh, do we have a court now that really could overturn Roe versus Wade? For many years, it was a controversy, but everyone thought it's established law. Everyone who comes to be uh, confirmed by the U.S. Senate says it's established law. It's the law of the land, et cetera. They may not be in favor of it, but that's the law, so they won't touch it. That speech has gone by the wayside. And what we're seeing is a proliferation. Well, there are two things that just struck me this week, which is why I want to talk about it. There's a proliferation of what we call the six-week laws. Various states have introduced and passed legislation to be signed now by a governor that a woman uh, may not have an abortion uh, after the first six weeks of pregnancy, which in effect basically prohibits abortion for many, many women. First of all, a lot of women don't know at least 
for the first five weeks. You know, they could be late that they even are pregnant. And then even if just before the six-week deadline they found out and, oh, my gosh, they're dealing with a crisis that they can't possibly, for health or any other reason, deal with this, they, uh, they can't get organized enough because many of these, particularly southern states, have virtually no clinics that perform abortion in the state. Once, I want to say Georgia, but I may be wrong. One southern state literally only has one Planned Parenthood clinic in the whole state. So particularly people of lower income, a woman that, wants, that chooses to do this, um, she has to figure out a way to get out of the state and get the money to fly to another state and set up getting an abortion. I mean, you know, that's not something you do by Googling and the next day you got it. So this is really affecting women's lives. And here's where we are with it. These right-to-life groups, these... Christian right groups that are very much opposed to abortion for all kinds of reasons, personally deeply held convictions, um, now may have gone too far. There is, in Texas, as of this moment, a bill has been introduced, the hearings have been held to hold any woman who has an abortion in the state of Texas to indict her with murder, for the crime of murder. And of course, to the gasp we heard here, 90% of Americans, even a significant portion who are opposed to abortion, which can be your personal belief, and that's what it is, and you're entitled to have it. But even people that believe you know, abortion should be outlawed. Maybe 4% of America believes that these women that have an abortion should either be subjected to life in prison or in Texas, for example, they have the death penalty or and a whole bunch of states have already passed 10 years in prison. Their bills call for that. And most people have the reaction, whoa, 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 I'm opposed to abortion. I think that's horrible. But no, I'm not saying that, you know, if you find out that a young lady down the street, she's a teenager, lovely young girl, is in college now, working hard, everything. But, you know, she had a night she regrets or maybe maybe she was raped, whatever it is, but just decides she's in no position, has issues herself to be able to carry a child. She had an abortion you may say to yourself, I would have made a different decision, but you don't honestly believe she should get the death penalty or she should spend the rest of her life in prison. I mean, without getting into an argument on this, you know that's what you really, that what your reaction would be. You say, whoa, 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 let's not go that far. Well, the argument that the people that are for this are saying is that a fetus is a human being. And if you kill a human being, you should get the death penalty. Well, they made a mistake by raising this issue from their point of view because you don't want to deal with that question. You see, the ultimate question is not when life begins. 
That's not the question. That's scientific. Life begins at conception, when the cells start multiplying. That's not the issue. We're not really arguing over that. The issue is a philosophical question. When does a human being begin? And when you ask that question, that suddenly goes into the area of philosophy, personal views. Because you, 80, 90% of America, by the reaction you just had when I said death penalty or life in prison, is by gasping at that or kind of shaking your head and saying, nah, that's too far, you are inadvertently admitting that you see a difference between an embryo or a fetus of whatever months and a three-year-old child. The example I often give is if down the street from you some guy broke into the home and stabbed to death a three-year-old girl, there would be no one on that block that doesn't believe that if the guy is apprehended, he shouldn't spend the rest of his life in prison. Maybe if you believe in the death penalty, you'd even say that. Everyone would say, "Yeah, oh my God, he stabbed to death a three-year-old girl. And yet, if I say life in prison for her older sister who had an abortion, she should get life in prison. You go, whoa, and why do you do that? is because virtually all of us recognize there is a difference between someone not yet born and someone who is born. We know that. Now, the next question you say, well, then when does life begin? When does a human being begin? That's for you to decide. You know, a Catholic will say a human being starts life you know, the human being begins at conception. A Protestant might say a human being begins at birth. The Jew will say a human being begins when the kids leave home. <laughs> but that, that's when life begins. <laughs> Not a human being. A life begins when the kids leave home. But the point is, it's a personal decision which they're, it's silly for two people to debate it. It's what you believe. So because it's a philosophical question open to your personal beliefs and values, which no one can, you may not want to adopt them, but you could, you don't have to agree with them. You can decide for yourself when you think it's a human being and you will act accordingly. Because it's a personal philosophical decision, it is protected by the First Amendment. In America, you're allowed to believe and have the values of, and beliefs of anything you want and express them any way you want. That's your business. We protect that. It's not a scientific question. It's a philosophical question. And then for the 5%, 4% of America that believes that a woman that has an abortion to get life in prison for that group, if you ask them why, they'll say, God said so. As soon as they say that, then it's a religious issue. And the First Amendment says you may not, the government may not impose the religious views of one group on the religious views of another. So if, if the reason you're opposed to abortion 
is because God told you that or God's written that in the Bible or whatever, and I'm not making fun of that. I'm saying if that's your belief, then by definition, the First Amendment prohibits that from being the reason of having a law. So you see what these right-wing groups have done inadvertently is they've raised the very wrong question. They've raised the question of when does a human being begin? Because they're saying you should go life in prison or death penalty if you commit abortion. Because they believe the fetus is a human being. As soon as that's the question, the answer is either philosophical or religious, both of which are guaranteed the protection of the First Amendment. The Constitution cannot tolerate any law which says a woman doesn't have a right to choose. Good one, Gary. Thanks. Hey, we have the carriers with us, and we want to call them back up here. They they were here... They were here last week, and uh, we've asked them to come back. It's a group from the Cincinnati area, and uh, we established last week, if you want to hear, we're going to ask them to do one of their original songs, and uh, you can hear them and find them, Carriers, C-A-R-R-I-E-R-S, at all the usual places where you can find music, Spotify, uh, uh, iTunes, etc. So... uh, I want to ask you guys, what are you going to do this week? What's the song? This song is called Share Some Wine. All right, Share Some Wine. The Carriers. Here we go.
the Carriers from Cincinnati, Ohio, and their song, Share Some Wine, and that is on an album that's about to drop. Is that correct, no, or is, is that? This will be on the one after that, probably. Okay, so you have an album coming out So you don't have the soon. wine with you yet. I don't have the wine with you. <laughs> well, you'll have to leave. I'm sorry. <laughs> when is your album about to drop? Um, I think around mid-August. Okay. Mid-August and by the way, at the top of the show, I I've actually forgot to mention Maria Corelli, who is herself a singer-songwriter, has an al- album about to drop, and she's out doing promotional stuff with radio stations about that, which is why you didn't hear her tonight. But uh, And again, uh, repeat this, because we talked about this last week. People can find your mu- music in places like... Like Spotify and uh, Apple Music, just okay. the Carriers. All right. And on Facebook and Instagram's Carriers the Band. All right, say so you guys have been on our show before, and we really appreciate you coming back. We enjoy the uh, music, and... Can you take us out on Down by the Riverside? Jerry Springer will jump in on the second verse. I've been working on this song. Yeah. (laughs) I got it. Gonna lay down my heavy load Down by the riverside website at jerryspringer.com. I ain't gonna study all.